can we have the scripture, please, Kurt? Um, this morning's scripture comes from Job. It is chapter 23, verses 1 through 9, and then 16 and 17. Then Job answered, Today also my complaint is bitter. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his dwelling. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn what he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, but he would give heed to me. There, an upright person could reason with him, and I should be acquitted forever by my judge. If I go forward, he is not there, or backward, I cannot perceive him. On the left, he hides, and I cannot behold him. I turn to the right, but I cannot see him. God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. If only I could vanish in darkness, and thick darkness would cover my face. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever had one of those days when absolutely nothing goes right? When the weather is gross, you've overslept, you forget your coffee, and you walk out of the house in mismatched shoes. Which happens a lot more often than you think when you think it's a good idea to buy the same pair of flats in every color. Then you think, hmm, I'll go to Chick-fil-A and get some chicken minis. These chicken, chicken minis have a magical healing power. So you're waiting patiently through the drive-thru and you finally approach the little black box and you say, can I have a six-piece chicken mini order with sweet tea? And then the little black, black, black box answers back to you, I'm sorry, sweetheart, we're out of chicken minis today. <laughs> you drive off frustrated and you make it to work where thinking you have a nice easy day ahead of you, your to-do list turns out to be a mile long. Somehow you manage to push it through that, you make through work, and then it's time to go home. But you realize you're starving because Chick-fil-A was out of chicken minis. And you haven't eaten all day. Then you recount the food that you have in your pantry and you're not coming up with anything to make for dinner because in the midst of everything else you had going on that day, you forgot to go grocery shopping. So, rough. You decide that takeout is your best possible option for dinner. Again, we'll try to fix our problems with food. And I don't know about you all, but when I decide to get takeout, it's a lengthy process because there are lots of options. So you go through the list and name off all the menus to yourself, and you finally decide on Moe's because Moe's has queso. And queso has the same healing power as chicken minis. <laughs> you finally drive out to Moe's. You walk in the door. You place your order for a burrito bowl with chicken and rice and black beans and corn. And then you get to the cheese section that you've been waiting for. Can I have cheese on my bowl and a little bowl of queso to dip my chips in? And the person before you has scraped it dry. The worst. So you eat your burrito bowl in defeat. Not the best, but food is food. And you get home, and it's time to start doing your homework, or whatever the adult equivalent of homework is. I'm not quite a real adult, so I don't know what that is yet. <laughs> And you try to find your favorite pens, 
because favorite pins, they make homework a little less icky. And you can't find them anywhere. Finally, you just give up on the day. Well, that day happened to me a couple of weeks ago. And what I did was I called my mom and complained about it to her. I named off how Chick-fil-A ran out of minis. Um, they didn't have any queso. I told her my mile-long to-do list. And like a loving parent, she nodded appropriately. She said, mm-hmm, aw, sweetheart, that's so sad. Then, after I finished everything, she said in the most motherly voice possible, everything will be okay, sweetheart. It's all fine and dandy, but not quite what I needed to hear. I tried to argue with her, saying, no, Mom, everything is not going to be okay. Look at all of this stuff I have to do. But as soon as I finished that, she said, I love you, sweetheart. I have to go. And I didn't feel any better than I had felt before. <laughs> then, a couple of days later, in my study group at the seminary, where there's a group of us that meet every Monday morning at 8 o'clock, and we study the lectionary for the upcoming week. And this Job passage was in the lectionary for today. And I thought, hmm, I'm feeling a little bit like Job. I'm naming off all of these things, and I don't feel like anybody's listening to me in the dirt. When my study group first read this, the first reflection that was made was that people often consider Job to be whiny and complaining, much like a lot of us are sometimes. In this particular passage, Job states that he is bitter. His complaints are bitter and they show frustration. He feels alone as he's naming all of the things that he would and could do if God would just listen to him. He has that feeling that you get when you're talking, but you feel like nobody is listening, or maybe someone is listening to you, but they're not hearing what you're trying to say to them. Job is confused, and he really doesn't know what to believe about God or the world that he's in. He feels as though he can't find God no matter where he looks. If he looks to the north, mm, not there. He looks to the south, mm, no God there. Then he tries the east and the west and comes up empty-handed. Job believes for some reason or another that God has written him off that God has ignored him. And he feels so much like this that he says, if only he could vanish into the darkness and the darkness would overcome him. He's so angry and alone, he wishes he could vanish into nothing. If I were forced to paint a picture of what I imagine Job was feeling in this passage, I would first have to be a good painter, which I'm not. I would start with a dark gray sky background and dark brown earth and somehow if I had artistic talents they would portray anger and frustration then I would paint a man again if I had artistic talent and this man would be wearing tattered clothes that looked like they used to be white but they're not anymore because that dark brown ground is the dirt and Job is sitting in the dirt his hands are dirty, his dirt under his fingernails, because he's been flinging the dirt around in frustration. And I imagine the expression on his face to be one much like an angry toddler who is flinging toys across the room, their face is red and puffy, and they just can't get what they want, because it is really hard to be a toddler.
So there's Job, who's sitting in the dirt, wrestling with God. This past week was a really tough week. There were a lot of things that happened in the world that made me shudder and cringe that I don't understand. And I felt a little bit like I was wrestling with God. I don't understand why shootings happen at schools where people come to learn. And I don't understand how this has happened more than once and we haven't been able to come up with a solution. I don't understand why half of South Carolina was flooded and people lost everything. I don't understand why racism is still such a problem in this country and why there's still so many institutional walls that prevent equality here. I don't understand how countries in Europe can even think about denying refugees a safe place to be and to start their life over again. I don't understand how there's supposedly enough food in the world, but yet there are millions of people who are still hungry because they don't have access to it. And then I don't understand how, with all of these things happening in the world, I'm still overwhelmed with thoughts on my own to-do list. It makes me feel like I'm sitting in the dirt. Just, ugh, I don't know what to do. But I think Job knows a little bit of what to do. He says, if only I could vanish into nothing. If. But can Job vanish into nothing? No. Because God is sitting with Job in the dirt as he tries to figure out what to do next. That's Job. The reason that I told you about the lectionary group that I go to this morning was so I could talk about a little bit about the rest of it without committing to a whole sermon. The New Testament passage that comes for today, which I won't read all of it to you, but it's from Hebrews, and it's chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in a time of need. Let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. God is there in our muddiness in the dirtiness of the world, even when we feel most removed and when we have the most questions, God is there to wrestle with us, for us to talk to, for us to find the answers in. So even in times when we're confused and when we don't understand, let us still approach the throne of grace with boldness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, 